You, Sorry about you that. Just, like kill a bug. I did just kill a bug. Oh, okay. Those I was Taiwanese like pretty... cockroaches. Yeah, Taiwanese got Taiwanese got some gross bugs. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of what kind of bugs? What kind of silly <laughs> bugs do they have, Marie? It was the gross one. <laughs> Otherwise, if it was like a spider, I'd let it go. <laughs> it used to be four ordinary teenagers. <laughs> Hello, ahoy, welcome back to the Good Ship Saturday Morning Tuesdays. Sorry, Austin just, he called me Helmsman a second ago and I... I did. <laughs> we're on yeah, ship there, but it, it worked pretty well. And now yeah, we're now, we're, now we're now sailing. Now the got like a boat theme. We're doing like a now, nautical... Now that ship has sailed. <laughs> no, it, it's we're, currently sailing. We are we're on it full speed, five knots. We're on it, towards... I'm, I'm, your, I'm your first mate. Andy. We all know that you. five knots is the fastest speed you can get <laughs> on a boat. <laughs> We're going. Austin, say your name. My name is Austin. Nice. And he's going to be uh, the ship's navigator. <laughs> <laughs> what a good theme. <laughs> Rory, and, what and position I'm your are double you? Captain Rory. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we have a we have a, a double captain, a first mate, and a navigator. That would be the three parts of a ship, Andy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your double so captain right. gets to hang out with the sails. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, this is Saturday morning Tuesdays. This is the show where we uh, we watch old cartoons from our childhood and and talk about them very seriously. There's no fun ever to be had here. Uh, I'm not here for that. Show. Yeah. And no fun allowed. Get that no, fun right not, out of not, town. Not, not on not on my boat. You get that fun and you, you do a you do an about face with you on your Take heel. Do a heel turn and, and march right out the door, sucker. Yeah. Hey, we're well, doing uh, boats. We're we're doing boats. Uh we're we're visiting the <laughs> islands of Digimon and Sonic the Hedgehog and Dino Saucers, as per usual. Uh forget about that. Life with Louie episode we did last week. That's gone. That's done. We're back to the normal. Ship. Look, if you skip the Life with Louie episode, then we're just, you know, carrying on, you know? <laughs> yeah. Your, yeah. Your, your life is unfazed. Yeah. <laughs> By Louie's life. <laughs> you know. Oh, Louie. Well, uh, shall we <laughs> set sail? <laughs> yes. We should embark. That's the word. <laughs> I don't know. Boating. No. Ask the double captain. Mm-hmm. But Double Captain's hey. still unsure on the difference between disembark and embark. This <laughs> <laughs> was not is made clear difficult? in Captain School, in Captain <laughs> Academy, which I went to twice. <laughs> hey, let's play the theme song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we used to be four ordinary teenagers until one day we met some new friends from out of town. Ah, uh, okay. We're doing dinosaurs. That's the first stop on this cruise ship of, of I don't know, dinosaurs. Episode Land, four. Hooray for Land Hollywood. Ho. Land ho. Now, hooray for Hollywood, you're going to find out, is an enormous red herring. Yeah. It is. As it is not a very um, celebratory episode, <laughs> nor do they go to Hollywood. Not really. Well, well 
So here's the here's the blurb. Stego and Bonehead, everyone's favorite characters, go to Hollywood to meet the dinosaurs they think are there, while Genghis Rex and, and Kylo plan to recruit those dinosaurs. Yes, that is what happens. I think fact, the biggest omission there is that they didn't include and teach them body slams. <laughs> so many body slams. I think, we, yeah. I think you know, we really have to talk about. Yeah, so the episode opens in Bonehead and David, uh, the, the, the weird, like, sassy secret scout teenager David, are having some kind of, like, wrestling match for no real reason. Yeah, because Aloe's not home, I guess. <laughs> Doing right. whatever. Out and the boys are playing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, off doing, and you off doing some kind of head. mission. I don't know. You know, but David's home and then Bonehead and, and Stego make some really shitty jokes and are confused again and generally incompetent. And David mm-hmm. has this amazing line where he's literally, literally all of us, where he has this exasperated sigh and he just says, you know what, Bonehead? <laughs> 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 uh, and I very much resonated to David's like handicap surfboard. I mean, it flies, so that's cool. It's, but it's like a jetpack, but it, it extends down and then becomes a thing he stands on. I find it very superfluous. I'm yeah. a big fan. <laughs> you just like that extra stability cool, when you're doing jetpack. Sky surfing is cool, but when they sky put it together, is... it just makes him look like a like a little bit of a a little bit of a of a phony baloney. He does look like a phony baloney, like a real Jekyll. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess compared to where Paul literally had like the bike from Akira that flew, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, which was dope, which I was, which was pretty dope. There. But you just like Akira. <laughs> I do well, yeah, like but it. we can get into the things that I like on, you know, <laughs> whenever. whenever. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, so the the Aloe and and Stego see in the newspaper a dinosaur Bonehead show. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. A dinosaur show. A dinosaur show. At Worldwide Studios. This is on a dinosaur show, so we're getting getting into that meta space. Dinosaurs dinosaurs (laughs) is breaking some some ground. This is metatextual commentary. Yeah. Yeah. And they want to score points with Aloe to, like, get some friends and not tell him. Yeah. Yeah, so they I don't know. They they're just they're just wayward little children. They they see a thing and they're like, "Well, we obviously we got to go there." But they're not like normal children. They have big ships. They can go wherever the heck they want. So they just go. It's really dangerous yeah. to leave them alone. They have a startling amount of power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. An incredible I mean, ineptitude. It's a it's a terrible combo. But God, do I respect their mission of wanting to teach other dinosaurs about body slams. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I shouted out loud when they said that line, and teach them about body slams. <laughs> and you were like, this is what I've been waiting for. Yeah, I've been waiting for body slams since E1. <laughs> yeah, when they teased it, and you knew it was a matter of time for the body slam episode. They, they right really... when they finally... They Bring dropped over all body those breadcrumbs. They're like, oh, man, foreshadowing yeah. that, that body slam episode. You know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the, the other part of this episode is that Genghis Rex and, and Kylo are doing, I don't even really know, just question mark evil stuff. And they see the same thing. They're like, oh, there's a dinosaur show going on. And so they're going to go because obviously dinosaurs, they just want them. They want to find the dinosaurs and recruit them. 
they don't really need much more story than that. So they go. So they go. Yep. Uh, Chief of Sword. Pretty, pretty thin. And around this time, I realized that this entire episode was going to be all the characters I hate. Yeah. And none, none of the ones that I like. Um, yeah, it's all your least favorite characters. <laughs> it's it's really rough. Of your life you can never get back. <laughs> it was truly, truly rough. Yeah. Uh, There's also a moment where uh, when Genghis and 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 kylo are are flying by that there's a brief interaction with humans that are airplane pilots oh yeah and they're just like terrified and confused about you know the existence of a of a flying pig man i mean their voice actors are pretty rough yeah begin with that's a rough moment but i'm just really trying to figure out this relationship with humans and dinosaurs and sort of where the world is right now yeah, they're I mean, not it's, being it's, secret it's, about it's, it. Certainly, this sort of, that sort of like Simpsons resetting continuity. I think mm-hmm. where the episodes might, in some way, inform each other, but not in any way that I can tell. And certainly right. not. In, and certainly, they're kind of allowed to make contact over and over again, as if it were the first time. Yeah, right. Where in a real world, you know, a bunch of tiny things would add up to everyone realizing what's going on. They can just keep having stupid interactions with really dumb humans, and apparently nobody talks to each other, or they all think they're having a hallucination. Yeah, well, there's yeah. a sort of hand wavy, like, "Oh, this is a person in a costume," mm-hmm. uh, which oh, man. you know sells a little bit in the Hollywood episode, not as much when they still show up in a rocket car. You know, this yeah, like, fly, this fly, <laughs> so yeah. that looks that is entirely not a not an Earth vessel. No. They, uh, and you saw it fly. Yeah. The the main the main thing that happens to these guys is that of course it's like a Universal Studios analog or like a like you know, it's like people are touring and it's partly like a real movie set and partly like a theme park, and everyone thinks that these guys are just actors in dinosaur suits. Mm-hmm. Um and then it feels like we go into this episode of Scooby Doo. Like it's just it's just really ridiculous comedy. They even go into a wax museum and have like a wax thing like fall on them and they're like whoa mm-hmm. it's Which, it's like yeah i don't know and i don't um, i don't even i don't even know so what the i've point actually watched the next episode are. as well oh, oh god dude, rory this, come on this is <laughs> i'm not gonna spoil anything <laughs> i just gonna say i was as surprised as you guys were when this like this sort of like scooby-doo style bit started happening mm-hmm. i was double surprised as they did it a second time in the next episode, they do this. <laughs> they dip into the Scooby Doo like sound effects when for stuff, and uh. the little music. Um, it feels like they're trying to. I don't know. I don't even know what the goal is. It it it, it has a very meta tone break as they shift the music and the sound effects to be. Just a complete Scooby Doo ripoff. It's harsh. Yeah, yeah it's a yeah. harsh shift. Well, and something else that I noticed, and I haven't really paid much attention to the music in this show because it hasn't really stood stood out to me, except for the moments when they play the theme, and you're yeah, like, when oh, they're, well, that was they're that's just jarring. parking the car in this one. They're literally like the <laughs> yeah. car is they're parking the car, and it goes <laughs> dinosaurs. It just they're literally they're literally like, hey, here's a good spot to park. Yeah, <laughs> it's not well, exciting. The one time I've noticed the music that wasn't that moment was there's a sequence early in this episode where it's just uh, Bonehead and Stego talking. And the music in the background took me back to like 
early MS-DOS like text adventure MIDI music. It was like, it was absurd how incredibly simplistic it was. And it, w it was basically like a terrible computer games music. And I mean, I know that we're talking true. about 1987, but like most of the music is at least, you know, a little more sophisticated than that. Certainly over television where it's not a video game and you don't have to program in four bits or whatever they were right. at the time. Exactly. Like, if anything, music was better back then, generally. No, no. Like, you go back to Looney Tunes and stuff, and it's like the whole, it's like whole a character. orchestra, yeah. Ah, uh, anyway. Looney now Tunes here, is amazing. Now, coming up next in the, in the episode was a part I did actually kind of really enjoy. What uh, part? That that would be the dinosaur, the, like, um, the the Wild West ghost town. <laughs> the, oh, when they land in the Westworld? Land in. Yeah, yeah, so the, the Tyrannos West show up. Spot. And, uh, and Genghis Rex is having none of it. He's, <laughs> he gets yeah, into he a gunfight with these with these like fake cowboys that are just like you know these cardboard, cardboard. pop-ups yeah <laughs> then he goes over and he realizes it and he gets mad but he still yells at the cardboard cutout like it's a person it's like <laughs> I, I, yeah. I would wager that this show is the best when it's Genghis Rex just getting mad at at really trivial things <laughs> like weird weird contemporary trivial things <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I mean, we, we passed it technically, but the, I think, I think my favorite joke in this whole episode was possibly the dumbest one because, uh, Stego and Bonehead, they're like, "Ugh, I can't find it. We go to this wax museum. We got looking all over. We can't find the dinosaurs. I guess we'll hide in this cave. And the camera pans up to this comically large sign on top of the mountain where the cave is that says <laughs> yeah. dinosaur, dinosaur cave. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I actually loved it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, Dinosaur Cave is funny. <laughs> yeah, but it's so stupid. You'll notice if we're gonna if we're gonna give them give them sign props. <laughs> what's weird is that in in the old west, the sign points to Dinosaur Land. So Dinosaur Land, goofy. Dinosaur Cave. Yeah, yeah. Land is pretty generous for what they actually blood. have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes a little more sense. Yeah. And they get visited by the rudest tourists on Earth. <laughs> that also happens in the next episode. Is this oh. really weird kids? Humans the, are the, the real monsters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the real well. invader is man. <laughs> the most dangerous game. Uh, <laughs> How funny would that be if there's like a colonialism episode that deals with that? <laughs> I would, I would, I would welcome it at this point. Uh, yeah, you know anything, anything to shake up this. It feels like the dinosaurs' formula, if there is a formula, is steadily getting dumber. And we've only watched four episodes. Oh right? like yeah, it feels, no, it, it is, feels it like is it's on lowest common it denominator is, it is so fast. Descent, it's a, it's a slow descent into madness. And while at first I resisted <laughs> the ride, I am now, I am now becoming more and more on board. No. <laughs> I just, I kind of, I agree with Rory. I kind of oh my God. know that I always have something to say about dinosaurs. Oh my God. There's always something pretty unbelievable about this show. Oh. oh my God. From episode to episode. You guys, you can't leave me back up here. You can't, you can't descend <laughs> On my like high this. horse alone. <laughs> <laughs> I will say there is a moment where Stego or... I don't, bonehead. I I don't remember. One of the wears a big poofy hat. Such a little care was given to the naming conventions that it is impossible yeah. to keep track. 
Mm-hmm. Plus, there's an but, enormous cast of dinosaurs that are used almost arbitrarily. Yeah. Yes. Like they just have uh, to. They have a little spinner for which character shows up. <laughs> yeah, like they all they have do. an interchangeable personality. Like Bronto yeah. Thunder is equally as dumb, and he's not in this episode, but no. he he's effectively, you know. Could be up could, there, up there. Could, the you, could, you could have carbon. You could have carbon copied him over Bonehead, or Stego. Well, or but Stego. Br- Bronta Thunder would have put David's ass in the dirt at the top of this episode. Yeah, Bronto's got a little bit more personality, <laughs> but like <laughs> they've got that similar sort of like um, what I would say is a simpleton's good nature, and um, yeah, yeah, just like a good-natured simpleton is kind of how I would point all the dinosaurs. Uh, sans Sega, sans aloe, who's the yeah, uh, aloe and a bit of smarts to him. Yeah, oh, that's what I was gonna say about uh, with Tarek. Uh, there's that line where one of them puts on a, a, a silly, like, poofy hat in the dressing room, and he's like, I right. think that would look better on Tarek's. Like, <laughs> okay, look, you don't know anything, but you already know about like weird gender norms. <laughs> like, fine, okay, fine, I guess large. You know, monster thunder thigh dinosaurs are gonna, you <laughs> know, about not looking manly enough. Worry about you know toxic masculinity in the you know <laughs> performative gender displays, but uh, you know whatever. It's okay. They uh, they're learning. They're learning. They know a bit. They know about baseball now, so it's sort of a natural progression. Yeah, I can't wait for the episode where they discover like bell hooks poetry. <laughs> and they like. Their mind expands so much. <laughs> they just like talk. Well, now, and if we if we are going to dissect masculinity through this, I would say the more and more you portray, you know, um, uh, nor- normative masculinity, the more that you're sort of portrayed as an asshole. Um, mm-hmm. Aloe being, I guess, a sort of um, rebuttal to that, but mostly the dinosaurs. Um, I mean, Aloe's a dad. Alex yeah. is like dad energy. Mm-hmm. But Genghis Rex and the Tyrannos certainly have that sort of like literal toxic masculinity about them. They're mm-hmm. always trying to conquer and steal and take and fuck and fight. And it's like, okay. And they're all so dumb. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean. And, and there's a weird sort of recurring thing where. Um. David is kind of set up as like the secret scout that the other scouts kind of don't like. Mm-hmm. He's a bit of a dark horse. Yeah, yeah, he is that. Yeah, he is the dark horse. Um, but it all feels so so manifested in like the, the because you know it's written, and so he'll say something jerky, and then everybody jumps on him for being a jerk. And I, yeah. I, well, I, I guess I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, there's a lot of there's a lot of moments. Flies off on his on his training wheels jetpack. <laughs> That's what it is. That's absolutely what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in this show where it's just like they write it, and based on the reactions from other characters, you're like, oh, I guess that's how I was supposed to take that moment. It wasn't really yeah. in there, but I guess that's what it is. You yeah. know, like just sort of uh, not uh, not natural in any way. Especially with like the voice acting delivery and and all this other stuff, it's it's very it's very strange and kind of fakey. 
Uh, Also, why does Genghis Rex hate being called Chiefasaur? Isn't it? Is it? Is he saying Chiefasaur or Chiefasaur? I I can't tell. Chiefasaur, and he's like, "Don't call me Chief." And then Chief, but he calls him Chiefasaur. And Bossasaur. I don't really understand why that's a sore point. Oh my god! Yeah, you can you can walk the plank. Austin. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, it's rough going back to the sea thing because we were gone for a while. <laughs> we sure are back now, gents. I never left the boat. <laughs> I've been here the whole time. Yeah. Um, so, well, so the sort yeah, of I'm climax of this episode, yeah. uh, they, they like... Um, they end up obviously uh, fighting, right? So, like, there's all these tourists going by, and uh, Stego and uh, Bonehead. God, I can't remember their names. It's so hard. Stego and Bonehead are standing there trying to look like part of the attraction, and then Genghis Rex and Ankylo show up, and then they have this fight, and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, it's, like, part of the act. And, like, David swoops in, and, like, it's this whole thing. He even he even says, like, uh, like a thing... Like, uh, oh, well, we can't take you back to Reptilon for justice this time because I guess bystanders will get hurt if we do. Mm. But but next time, next yeah. time, it's just like... Yeah, that is, <laughs> next that is, episode. is, is a recurringly phoned-in part of the episode every oh, time yeah. we watch Dinosaurs. Every it's time. Like, why? Why Genghis They're not even... Put him in like, jail. The, the Team Rocket's blasting off again kind of moment, too, is even but more half-assed. Kind of, like, yeah. It is. With Team Rocket, it's at least they've blasted off. They, they right, are, right. They've been sent a good distance. They're out of yeah. arm's reach. You can't grab them and put handcuffs on them. That is yeah. not true in any of these episodes. They have been right there, and they just let the Tyrannos walk away. Just walk away. Well, it's very, very strange and jarring. The same goes for the villains as well. Like They're just <laughs> like, oh, I guess we'll stop trying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... You know, we are physically threatening, I guess. But yeah. we're just going to walk home. <laughs> guess, we'll, <laughs> guess we'll walk home. We'll go our separate ways and play again tomorrow. Hey, Kylo, do you have change for the bus? <laughs> Dude, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past the show to have that exact line of dialogue in, like, three episodes. It feels like one of those old, like, Cartoon Network bumpers that they would do in the middle where, like, characters from random shows would interact with each other like in day-to-day circumstances do you remember that it was yeah. kind of like a sp- space ghost era thing that they would do yeah and they found talk, found to, talk to the powerpuff girls or whatever yeah yeah it feels like one of those moments but it's like a decade decade and a half too early um yeah i mean the episode ends there's this bystander couple this like shitty human couple and they have this whole like, oh, I don't know that that was real. Oh, rah, rah, rah. oh, actors are so cool. And then they see them fly away in their spaceship and they go, did you see what I saw? And that's oh, like, yeah, it's like basically the end of the episode. But like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I felt this way a couple times with several of the episodes tonight. But like, I can't help but imagine the actual human being who sat down and wrote these scripts and like, put pen to paper and wrote did you see what i saw they say in unison and look at each other and was like yep that's good 
Yeah. Right? Yeah, we'll call it. Yeah. That's good enough for tonight. This is a paycheck. <laughs> like, it's fa- oh, it's just fascinating to me. Well, you know, interestingly, as we found out, you know, the show was made by a producer, not a writer, at least as far as his career appears. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that does sort of reflect what this show looks like or yeah. and sounds like. I will also it's- note he was a big DC Comics fan, and they did put Superman in the Wax Museum. They yeah. did put Superman in there. That's probably I not a mistake. That. <laughs> no, it's not. It's certainly not. Uh, but, so, uh, large, large thoughts. Uh, I have to say, this was the potentially worst, least watchable episode of Dinosaurs that we've watched so far. <laughs> uh, I, I contemplated bailing at least really? every few minutes. Wow. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. it but I, I, of course, forced myself to watch it twice. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Something about this one really, really uh, got my goat. Well, I don't know how you guys felt. This is my number two episode. Oh this God. is my second second fave. I mean, because this is another baseball episode. Yeah, it's another baseball episode. <laughs> I think, you know, you have sort of this mix, I think, which we predicted before, that there'd be, like, two types of episodes. There'd be the they-all-have-to-play-baseball episodes, and there would be kind of, like, more traditional, okay where both of our teams were going to fight and we're going to have some weird shenanigans. But, you know, to me, these are the ones that are much more interesting because uh, they're yeah. a lot, they're just, they're sillier and there's more grist for the mill. I mean, I can't argue with you about it, but like, I don't know, moment to moment, this was just like some kind of monument to lazy writing, even more so than the others to me somehow. Well, well, so in some some ways I agree with it, but I would say in comparing it to what I found to be a, a quite difficult episode of Sonic, uh, without jumping ahead too much, yep. uh, this at least has this sort of theme that they use rather than the exact same sort of what I will quote-unquote joke. So in Sonic, it's all he'll say, cool, too cool, way past cool, not not cool, blah, 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 and... It's all the same. It's all just iterations of the exact same thing, over mm-hmm. and over. And at least in this, there's the diversity of putting Osaurus after something that's not a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did get someone calling someone else a Fradysaur today. I missed that one. I I liked that one a lot. Yeah, I, I did enjoy that. Well, yeah, well, when it comes to when it comes to that, like right joke here that somebody you know put into the script um and just was waiting to see whatever joke would show up mm-hmm. i found that i find the dinosaurs style of placeholder jokes to be much better than the sonic style of placeholder jokes <laughs> yeah <sighs> all right i yeah. can concede something to you i will agree also but, yeah, let's man, give it up for time. body slams I keep coming back to the point of the episode. The whole point of the episode was to spread the good word about body slams. Hey, have you uh, have you heard the good word about body slams? (laughs) Becoming a real Judasaurus from the that's like Judas, right? (laughs) Yeah, like Judas, not okay. Definitely Judas (laughs) was the joke I was making. Oh, okay, I get it now. But Judasaurus is a good one that we should save for the future. Yeah. I bet there's a good circumstance where we could call someone a Judasaurus. 
good. It's good. That's Santa no, sauces, everybody. Fish. <laughs> uh, Austin, can you tell us about Honey Nuggets? <laughs> oh yes, yeah, our favorite sponsor, Honey Nuggets. Yeah, yeah. so uh, we here at Saturday Morning Tuesdays are, are proud to uh, you know promote the words of many good companies, and uh, you know we do a little back. We scratch their back, they scratch our back. Uh, so uh, you know we're we support. Uh, the good people at Honey Nuggets, uh, and they do all kinds of like support services for, uh, you know, people down on their luck, and um, you know, it's a really, so you know, it's it's a great charitable organization. Uh, they uh, they're all bees. They named it after a cereal. Yeah, so be sure to um, be sure to go to their website. Be sure to go to honeynuggets.zip. Uh, uh, .biz. Uh, since, you know, they don't have a lot of money and, and can't afford, like, a good website. .biz? .buzz. Is that terrible? Um, and uh, if you want to get a special discount deal on, uh, on giving to charity, uh, you'll... <laughs> have a discount so you end up giving less but you know <laughs> if you go to uh honeynuggets.zip.biz.buzz uh backslash uh satam tuesdays you can get uh some great some great deals and they'll throw in a, fr- a free t-shirt so yeah again that website again is <laughs> honeynuggets.zip.biz <laughs> backslash satam tuesdays Blue streak speed by Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog. Back with that with that blue blur that we all know and love. Sonic the Hedgehog, our favorite cartoon, speaking for our double captain and our navigator. Uh, yeah. Absolutely our favorite cartoon of all time. Uh, this is Sonic the Hedgehog episode four, Ultrasonic. Uh, Sonic finds his long-lost uncle, Sir Charles, after a failed mission in Robotropolis. Let's get it going. I first want to say, they said Sir Charles? Mm-hmm. Because at once, some point he gets addressed as Dr. Dr. Hedgehog, which does make what? his full name Dr. Charles Hedgehog. <laughs> Dr. Charles Hedgehog, yeah. And, yes. And yeah. fantastic. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Chuck is a... I mean, I have I have a lot of other thoughts about Chuck because, obviously, again, I read all the comic books. So, like, you know, who Chuck becomes and what he sort of serves to the narrative after the show is over is... Uh, it was pretty pretty baller. But I actually have very little memories of, of how cool he ends up being in this show. Mm. And he's demonstrably kind of cool in this episode, right? Yeah, I, mean, I would agree. He's, he's probably the best part. Yeah. So as far as like narrative wise, mm-hmm. uh, there's like a it's a this big action scene with Sonic and Sally and they they're trying to sabotage the robotizer ro- roboticizer. There you go. Um, and Sonic ends up being really narcissistic and it's lame. So I want to point out too. before. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah. they don't sabotage the roboticizer. They set it for sabotage mode. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which seems like a real oversight. Sees, Robotnik gets a warning that one of his devices is in sabotage mode. Sniffy, the roboticizer's in sabotage mode. Oh yeah, my God. Somebody slid the switch on the back. <laughs> oh, I see the problem. Oh, that yeah. That on sabotage mode. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. your problem. Now Sonic gets he gets really uh, really narcissistic. He's like talking about how good looking he is, which I think I think he hasn't done before. He but brought this kind a of, mirror. Kind of a new thing. He ha- he brought a mirror on a mission. This little round hand mirror, and he's looking at himself like he's hot shit. And he says that he's really good looking. And Sally, in this weird little goblin voice, says, "Ear dreaming again." Yeah. And it's like a weird. It's a weird kind of like again, like we were talking about with dinosaurs, like those moments that are written in a way and you're like, I guess I, that, that, I guess that's what that moment is supposed to be. But like the execution mm-hmm. is nowhere near. <laughs> yeah. Where somebody, so somebody like blocked out this whole episode in their like, you know, journal and they were like, okay, we need two minutes of banter. And mm-hmm. they just put like a placeholder banter brackets. And then they came back later and like, ah, all right. Yeah, no, absolutely. They, uh, they 100% did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in sort of in the, similar fashion to uh, to our, to uh, to Sonic's uh, soul brother. Oh, I can't say that because I was going to point <laughs> out his act, his, his voice actor. <laughs> oh, and you don't want to do that? And because yeah, uh, well, no, I want to do it, but I just can't call him a soul brother. And <laughs> um, little little problematic. A kindred really. spirit. Is that what you're his saying? Kindred spirit. Uh, Urkel, yes. Um, you know when when he's when he's kind of being handled with a little bit of care, pretty all right. When it's just like nothing but Urkel one-liners, oh, it, it starts to re. One-liners coming out of Jaleel one episode. Yeah, there's a lot of I do that, and it is rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, one one side note. Uh, I, I just interesting about this episode is that when I watched this on YouTube, um, the view count for this episode and this episode alone was off the charts. Really? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's on the charts, but it was oh, <laughs> obviously. I was worried. Uh, but it was it was 1.7 million views for this video. Most of the other ones, the highest they've been are like 100k, maybe yeah. 200k. But for some reason, this is like, you know, eight times that. Um, Maybe it's that that fan love for Uncle Chuck. I it must be some. I don't know unless it got, you know, a YouTuber posted it or I don't know. Yeah. Um, you never but, know. It's a uh, weird world out there. Yeah. Um. So one thing one thing I thought was interesting. So they they escape right. So they they get caught. It's obvious, like Snively's the one who kind of catches them, and it's like, yeah, they really need Snively to cut back them. on. They really need to cut back on air vents. Yeah, Robotnik like, yeah, and his air vents. They get there it are now. Two people yeah, for, who need for a, air for a city of nothing but robots. They've got a lot of air vents. It's yeah. true. Yeah, but their escape is on a hover pad, which you might expect to be something that seems like it was designed for travel. But I would like you to instead imagine a big flat piece of sheet metal with a handlebar on it, and then it careens yeah. through space like you're drunk driving, but you're not. 
<laughs> I don't I don't understand how anyone can stay on that thing. It's not safe well, in the slightest. And this mm-hmm. is this is obviously the first mention we have of their little hover pad. Yeah. Uh, despite them flying it relatively deftly for its lack of handling. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could they and that will not be that'll be sort of a trope of this episode is devices we've never seen before, nor will see again being used to handle major plot points. <laughs> Yeah. And we've actually already seen one before with Sally's little like device she plugs in, the the little clamshell looking thing. So that oh, actually does set, stick around. It does. So the okay. clamshells the, the clamshell yeah. sticks around and her it little, sets her little in computer, sabotage mode. Right. So her little computer uh is named Nicole and is a mainstay forever. Okay. Uh, okay. That's like one Well, exception. I guess I guess you're the asshole now, Rory. <laughs> I didn't know she lived in a clamshell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they uh, they find Uncle Chuck, who's full on robot, right? He's been roboticized yeah. for a long time. Uh, a metal mustache. Mm-hmm. But when, but I guess when Chuck's a robot, he's like a feral dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's kind of he's kind of more like a like a, a scary like a white, zombie, like a White Walker yeah. trapped in a bag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He 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 makes a lot of noises like and comes at him with his arms outstretched. Like he doesn't have cool weapons. It's just like he's metal and he's gonna come at you and do some of those, you know, exciting dinosaur throws. <laughs> some, of the, some of them judo moves. But yeah. he never really. He's not actually a threat. He's just running at you looking scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but they but they find him and. You know, it's the first sort of attempt to give Sonic any sort of uh, emotion other than way past cool. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it didn't fail. It didn't fail. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't always perfect. It didn't always uh, work. It's weird to hear really uh, like sympathetic, emotional things coming out of Jaleel White's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like in the middle of all of his "Did I do that?" one-liners, and then for us to believe, like, "Oh, my unk! I, I need to, I need to save my unk, Uncle Chuck." And I don't know; it's hard to buy to me sometimes. To me, to me, it it actually works because it's that it's that pivot you kind of don't expect. Like you kind of with all of those one-liners, and then suddenly see a little bit of legitimate tenderness. You're like a little bit of emotional honesty from Sonic for once, and you're like, oh. <laughs> I actually, I don't hate this. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I think I wanted, it actually, there's a part I wanted to bring up yeah. uh, about. Now, this is just about their visual design, but it was not clear until we meet Uncle Chuck, who has the same sort of eyes as Sonic. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Sonic was wearing sunglasses, and that was sort of like a design style thing. Wait, oh. what? He's got, one, he's got one eye. He's got yeah. one eye with two with two pupils. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's that's a constant question that has been around since. I mean, that that's true in his original first game design. It's like it's really freaky. His, yeah, well, like he, I said, I, I always I always assumed they were glasses, like a like a funny wow. glasses design. I never <laughs> saw it that way. No, his. I think that that you're you're sort of getting the tip of an iceberg of all the weird body things that don't make sense about Sonic. <laughs> uh, there's a lot. I mean, like, the sort of one row of spines, like his speed, first and foremost, I guess, and, like, how he doesn't burn up, and 
like how he can turn into a buzzsaw and like where's his penis? Uh, you know what I mean? Wait, and where everyone is, is everyone is naked. Everyone is naked in this show. Not everyone. Not Bunny oh. Rabbit and not uh, Antoine. Antoine doesn't wear pants. And Robert's yeah, got a bandolier. He's not naked. That's true. He's not naked. Actually, they give Sally more clothes next season. I don't know if that oh, was like in response to like parent letters or something. Like, my little Billy got a boner for the first time. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, why is my child? Why is Bunny Rabbit in Pop like a, a unitard corset? And then, <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, look, wear wear clothes if you want. And I'm not gonna like, um, I'm not gonna yuck any yums. Her sort of stomach patch does sort of have the pretense of being a unitard yeah it has the outline of a of mm-hmm. a shapely form yeah <laughs> we can't be talking about this <laughs> <laughs> no rest assured though they they give sally a vest like a blue vest next season oh okay uh and that's all they do but it's enough i guess yeah um yeah so they they get they get Chuck back kind of mentally because Sally has the bright idea to use one of the power rings that Uncle Chuck invented, which still has a big a old bump. question mark on it. Uh, how did he do that? We don't know. Why does it come up out of a pool? We don't know. But like he comes back like mentally and we get this little, you know, nice little reunion. We find out he calls Sonic Sonny, which is kind of like Sonny, but a yeah, little different. It took me a minute to make that leap. Yeah. Which, you know, this was another one of those parts that, um, you know, to me, what I would have imagined if you hadn't told me this was an American show was that there was like a nickname in a different language that worked and they just, you know, they they had to keep that part. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't. They wrote this show in English. Mm hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. No, it's it's weird. It's definitely weird. But I, I I like I like Chuck I like Chuck as a character I like I like that his voice actor his voice actor is awesome he's got this gravel thing going on, uh, but mostly what I like about him is that he comes back and they have this little like they have one moment it's like oh yeah he, it's all of you and ah oh, it's so good to see you and he's like but there's more important things we gotta get to work like his first moment of being a person again in probably a long time and he's like nope kingdom country we got to save some stuff and i i respect that yeah yeah i i also noticed that the voice actor so the character of dr chuck hedgehog (laughs) also has some of the same like quirky speech mannerisms that that sonic does some of the same you know Mm -hmm. his his affinity for cool slang But it's yeah. it's so much more tolerable from this voice actor mm-hmm. compared to Sonic yeah. because he doesn't make a meal out of it like Jaleel does. Like something about he can just like rattle off some of those weird things and it's not like he's really making a, a big deal about it. And I enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah. I didn't hate it. Uh <laughs> I'm sorry, not to keep laboring on this on this first scene where Chuck comes back, but I loved I I really did love the stupidity of of the the extremely emotional scene where they're talking to each other for the first time and there's all this string music underneath and they say these lines 
He says, Chuck says, still good looking and always cooking, eh, Sonny boy? And Sonic says, you got it, Unc. Shaking and baking. Uh-huh. But, like, delivered, like, full-on emotional lines. Like, you got mm-hmm. it, Unc. Shaking and baking. Like, Shaking and baking. <laughs> Shaking and baking. <laughs> it's, it's really, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't have a word to describe it. But I felt weird about it. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Um see what else yeah okay so they have to they reveal a big chaos emerald that's in the middle of the cave yeah it's not a chaos emerald like it's they, an they, energy they could, crystal they could have called it a chaos emerald they just shied away from doing it i don't know why maybe they're saving it for later but this no. thing is, is, that, is that a thing is that a thing in sonic chaos emeralds yeah yeah it's a big thing they're like the big thing okay how, well, well, how long it's a big old crystal McGuff. Yeah. And there's a Dinobot. Yeah. yeah there's a dinosaur robot that is apparently... Th- the power of which I was given a lot of misleading text about. Like, <laughs> at, one, at one point they say that they can destroy worlds. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is our, like, Earth-moving nightmare machine. <laughs> um, but I, I guess it's it hates ropes. Yeah, it hates ropes. <laughs> It makes me think of uh, there's a uh, there's a lot of disparity in in uh, the reality of of flavor text for Pokemon like in the games like you read some right. of the descriptions of Pokedex entries and you're like oh wow yeah that's uh, that's Tyranitar uh, sometimes he's a scary dude and he will level entire mountains to make his nest and you're like okay <laughs> no <laughs> no he will not <laughs> no that is you fucking don't. ridiculous every Tyranitar. Yeah. <laughs> How do we still have mountains? <laughs> Checkmate, atheists. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't know. That that's what that felt like to me. This whole giant Dinobot thing. But it's just it's it's all kind of the whole plot of this episode feels really uh, placeholder-y. Like the entire episode is a placeholder. Yeah. Like they'll come oh, up with something better, and then yeah. yeah. You know. Again, we, we we approach this this weird thing where they they are they 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 encounter a a seemingly impossible obstacle, but that is basically always has a button on it that yes yeah that just makes the problem go away. <laughs> As I think three or four times, every mm-hmm. single problem they've had has basically been has been handled by a button. You really yeah. got to blame Robotnik for that one. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's putting 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 sabotage mode on everything. Well, he's like, it's <laughs> like a little they, Achilles they, heel button. Yeah, they adapted the the video game trope too closely, where it's like, ah, yes, and then every boss will like flash its weak point red, and you're like, that that just doesn't work yeah, though sure. in a narrative fashion. Like you can't. Right. There's this. They get into the middle of this Dinobot because they're going to use the Dinobot to stop Robotnik from harvesting this big crystal. And there's like this robot in the middle of the Dinobot that's piloting it. And they're hiding from it. And it's like, oh, Rotor's going to go distract it so that Sally can hit the off switch on its foot. Like, yeah. It's How many times do you think he's just light. like, you know, stepped on a carpet weird and just turned himself off? <laughs> <laughs> like, just going down the stairs and he just. <laughs> it's a bad place wanna, for a I want to say that in. um. In a previous episode, I I mentioned how Sonic Speed has never been like a pressing part of uh, solving a problem. Mm-hmm. 
and he was not present for this 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 menacing robot who's got this obvious weak point. If only somebody were faster than it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's it's everybody else has to deal with that robot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of the Superman problem, right? Like, you got to nerf him somehow to have the drama. And, like, if Sonic's just constantly the fastest thing alive, like, most problems aren't problems. Yeah, I mean, he's basically the Flash. Yeah. But, you know, the Flash solves all of his problems usually by having to go fast. And I, <laughs> oh, man, I wish I knew somebody else who did that. Um, but, yeah, I guess, you know, that's also, it's an ensemble show, and they try to deal with that yeah uh, with varying levels of success i think I also, they really screwed yeah. antoine this episode they yeah. gave him some stinker lines like every line he's doing some french joke or like, he says gringo instead uh, of bingo says, oh gringo that instead was a of bingo. very odd joke that i noted ah, yeah what is that he's french the, but he says gringo. connotations of the word gringo aside i it was clear that they were just <laughs> trying to make a a rhyming joke with the word bingo and the fact that as a as a goofy foreigner he wouldn't get it. Yeah. Which which again sort of betrays what I initially liked about him. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it also betrays everything that I like about comedy. <laughs> that is, that is a damning he, he says his bingo line. We haven't established that um, he's gonna not quite get English jokes. We haven't done this bingo. Like, the bingo bit should have started with them saying it first, right? So that we know yeah. this mm-hmm. is going to be a recurring thing. He just says gringo, and then it cuts Antoine. to... Antoine. Antoine, that's not, that's not the right way to say bingo. And it's also backwards. It's like they had to write a joke in reverse. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I totally, I totally get it. That yeah, it's it's funky. I mean, at the how end could, of this episode, you, as a viewer, ever f- there was no there was no punchline. No, a uh, bunch of twenty eight year olds deconstructing it, you know, <laughs> much later to find how they <laughs> how they dropped the ball on this joke. <laughs> no, it was never clear as a viewer that it should have been a joke. I don't think. Yeah, next episode on uh, Rory talks about Gringo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna yeah we're gonna be here a while, kids. Pull no, the chair. <laughs> I I com- I completely sympathize. I don't know, a- Antoine. Antoine's just like constant missed opportunity to me. Uh, at the at the end of the episode, which is skipping a teeny bit, we didn't really talk about the end of the episode. But like they're all they're all you know comforting Sonic because of course Uncle Chuck can't stay normal. He's got to go back to being a robot for now, uh, and. They're all comforting Sonic and they're all saying nice things. Oh, yeah. And like, oh, but it was, you know, it was really great what you did. And all Antoine says is, c'est magnifique. And you're like, great. Thanks for your input. We just had to, <laughs> we had, we had to remind all the viewers that you're French because apparently we still don't remember. And is it just funny yeah. that you're French? Is that comedy? Is I it, guess. is it comedy that you're French? Yeah. Like in last episode, he showed up for in like, face only and didn't say anything Mm -hmm. i wonder if like is rob paulson just really busy (laughs) you know and they like recorded a stock like him saying like three different french things and now they're just sort of Uh, looping it while he's out of the country (laughs) which would also 
explain how they had to use gringo there. They're like, what's one word we haven't written? What's a written <laughs> word that that rhymes with bingo that we that uh, you know we can we can pull from? Yeah, sort of the way that they did chef for a little bit after right mm-hmm. uh, when they had to use stock stock audio to mm-hmm. in South Park. Yeah, I love yeah. those episodes. Um, great. I've got a few things that we want to jump back in time a little bit. Yeah, please uh, do. To the Dinobot. Yeah. There's a whole sequence. So Chuck goes into the tummy of the Dinobot, and then Bunny, Rabot, and Sonic have to get the mouth open mm-hmm. for some reason. Because yeah. like their their whole goal is to take control of the Dinobot. They're going yeah. to the controls of the Dinobot. I don't understand why they need to like go open his mouth. the mouth manually. Open the mouth. Uh, yeah, they're literally. But yeah, it, it, he's already gone in. Like they don't. Yeah, and I, I would say, wow, this is dumb. That it, it is a tonally. I would say it's on brand with these sort of kind of robots that Robotnik makes. That he would put. You would have to go in through the mouth. Like I agree well, yeah. that it's ridiculous, yeah. but I, I mean, also felt like it was in line with the world that I knew. No, I mean, the fact they go in the mouth isn't the problem. They, oh, I see. They had to, they made a point of struggling after he'd already, their uncle had already gone in. Oh, yeah. that's right. To Sonic, keep the mouth they, open. Yeah, they had to keep the mouth open. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, they're about to control it. Like, they almost died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they kind of, like, break its jaw. But then mm-hmm. you see the mouth, like, moving under their control later. So I don't really... I don't really get it, but I think twice this episode we've used Bunny Rabot, and apparently she's got some pretty strong super strength with her arm. Yeah, does. which is cool. I only right. mention it because I was surprised because in the last episode they kind of made it seem like she was a bit of a like a rusty old bolt bucket, you know, like her the her right. roboticness was a weakness, not a strength. Like her arm was coming off and stuff. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. And they were, you know, and she made a point to be like, oh, you know, I may have this robot, whatever, but I've still got a, yeah. a, a heart. And you're like, yeah, but what we use you for is a can opener. <laughs> oh, also, I wanted to point out what uh, what I noticed was her sort of her sort of southern her southern drawl mm-hmm. uh, really faded this episode. I don't know if they bring it back or if they why wash it away. I think it's just inconsistent. They keep it. Yeah, but when she doesn't have the drawl. It's a really clear that it's the same actress who does Chucky on Rugrats. Oh yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah. very Chucky. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. I actually hadn't quite picked up on that. I mean, I think we mentioned it in the first episode, maybe, but mm-hmm. I hadn't really heard them as the same character until the drawl was was gone. Without yeah. that sort of Southern Belle affectation, it is clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and also the Dinobot. Kavanaugh. Rest yeah. in peace. The Dinobot kind of reminded me of Cubone in a way, where it sort of had this. <laughs> You got the first there. <laughs> I was gonna do it. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bit. We just we naturally bring up Cubone. <clears throat> yeah, he's yeah. very like Cubone. I got mm-hmm. Cubone on them. Kind of where they had to deal with the the mouth and the the face. Uh, okay, not unlike the way that I have to deal with Cubone's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> In a, Leave that to the imagination. Yeah, that is a child. No, no. I take it, take it all back. Take it all back. Um, that that Cubone has a mother. 
Probably. Oh, that Cubone doesn't have a mother. All <laughs> Cubones lost their moms. That's pretty well established. That's why they cry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the last thing, last thing I wanted to bring up was that I, that I thought was amusing and sort of it kind of it's kind of emblematic of this whole episode to have how kind of not very well thought out any of these individual parts are is that their their whole escape as they're leaving they're running away they've they've uh sabotaged the whole crystal thing like it falls to the ground and you know no one's really thinking like oh i guess you could just build another crane and get it anyway we didn't really screw that much but their escape is to get on a monorail that like i guess robotnik makes like how is that safe yeah like they literally, they're like, ah, oh, we just got to make it to the subway or the monorail or whatever. Yeah, there's no now security. We're like, that's so weird. No what? robots, yeah. no lasers, no like. There, there, there's a there's a large emphasis this episode on the infrastructure of of Robotown with mm-hmm. the vents and the and the vehicles and the subways. All and for people. None of it makes any sense to me. Yeah. No. It is. <laughs> well, okay. So so what could make sense? Uh, and I I would throw this out there as a way to save the writers a little bit is that this was once a real town for people. Sure. Yes. So like, so like, I guess if you go down far enough or like find the stuff that's not been completely redone, but why do you put your own, tra- why do you put a train through a roboticizer? Well, I guess if it makes it a robot, that's still kind of cool, but it also had a like crystal cave sign. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Of course, uncle Chuck does also take the subway. Yeah. Down there. So I guess some robots are using it. I mean, most of the robots that Robotnik makes are these, like, SWAT bots that are basically, right. like, big people. They're, like, his stormtroopers. So, like, yeah. I guess maybe, you know, it's efficient to get his robots from place to place. But it's still really weird. I find yeah. it very strange. While we're on the tub- topic of those SWAT bots, I had a thought. Like, if we're, you know, if we're just getting out our, our wishes and nuts, our, our, mm-hmm. our wishes and butts and candy and nuts. Uh, for <laughs> some butts and candy and nuts. <laughs> for for this episode, uh, I would wish that the the robo guards could talk mm. and like could sort of talk to each other and sort of have some amount of character. Didn't they talk in the last episode? I could have sworn they were talking last episode. They did, but it's like they don't talk when it's narratively convenient. Like it's not okay, something that's super okay. consistent, right? So yeah, last episode we saw those guys flying in the in the machine, and it's like uh, I could you know we could. The sensors are all. Oh yeah, up. that's right. They did talk. So like, yeah, it's odd. Yes, they talk, uh, but they don't always talk. Yeah, uh, I just I wish we could get some like, just some maybe funny little guard chatter or. Yeah, that's exactly just, what we got last episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just more because it's so lonely. Like it's so empty and boring, yeah. and they're having these yeah. big, supposedly exciting action sequences with with the robo guards, but they're just You're kind right. of running. Yeah. There's You're not right. a lot of not a lot of speaking characters. It's all kind of set piece. Yeah. Right? It's like yeah, you're totally right. I, I had I've kind of been feeling it, but I didn't I didn't really have a, a finger on it. No, that's mm-hmm. it's so lonely. Yeah. In Robo yeah, in Robotropolis, it's like just desolate, it's quiet, lifeless. There's you know. And in the Sonic video games, Robotnik shows bad. up in person. Like mm-hmm. Robotnik's in his machines and he shows up and fights Sonic, but like no, at no point so far in these first four episodes has Robotnik gotten up off his ass off of his chair. He's right. like a, a an armchair general moving mm-hmm. his robots around, yelling at Snively while Snively does a little bit of legwork. 
uh, I think it would be scarier if Robotnik would like show up in person, you know, yeah. do a little Darth Vader entrance. Mm-hmm. I I would love that. Uh, I don't remember if we get more of that later. I think we do a little, but I, I mean, it's been so long since I watched this show. But yeah, for now, it's really lonely. Yeah, the whole opening sequence with the ship flying around and the like explosions and the gooey foam gas mm-hmm. extinguisher gas i just i felt nothing like as soon as uncle chuck showed up i was like okay now we're cooking with gas but yeah before that it, you know and and so many of these sequences i just i you know i feel nothing feel yeah. nothing i feel nothing that was yeah. uh, the, the consensus on episode four of sonic the hedgehog <laughs> i feel nothing I, I would just say one last note on that is I think they sort of in their mind, the writers had their Oscar winning crying moments and then they phoned in everything else <laughs> like they thought they had it in the bag. <laughs> and I guess they did because this had a 1.7 million views. Yeah, what is with that? I'm sure people fondly remember this because they remember when Sonic cried. <laughs> <laughs> And they both, uh, and then doesn't doesn't Uncle Chuck also cry out of his robot eyes? Does yeah. he does, <laughs> which is you know also confusing. Uh, the next episode for Sonic is called Sonic and the Secret Scrolls. I Ooh, we don't might know myth arc. I don't know what to expect from that, uh, but that's what it's called. And this has been another journey on the SS Saturday morning Tuesdays, the boat that we're all riding together. Toot, it's a boat. Toot. Take us out to the to the next port, wherever that may be. <laughs> hey, Rory. Hey, uh, Austin. Uh, I I wanted to hear more about one of our newest sponsors. Uh, if you could tell us a little more uh, about uh, Wing the Wing Place. The Wing Place, yeah. <laughs> So, have you ever felt like you wanted to have uh, chicken wings but couldn't commit to any particular style or shape? Uh, the Wing Place is, is is a themeless chicken restaurant that lets you just order order whatever you want in whatever sauce, and they promise they'll make it. And if you if you go if you go and say. You know, we sent you, and you bring... If you go to our website that's up and is real, you can print off vouchers for, for one wing. And it's got our little logo on it, which is also real. How much does it cost? Well, here's the kicker. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they... Uh, it turns out Themeless Wing Restaurant is actually a bit of a sinking ship, and they have to they have to recoup their costs so it's it's 99.99 for a 16 bucket yeah well I don't we're know. still I don't... very proud to be their sponsor yeah we would we yeah we are uh, that's right we are their sponsor we pay them <laughs> <laughs> because they're in such a deep hole you gotta spend money to make money with every wing yeah <laughs> yeah so go out check out the wing place buy their yeah, expensive please. themeless wings <laughs> We're back. Ahoy. Ahoy. It's hey. my this is my boat voice. That's a good boat voice. I like it a lot. I like it too. We're gonna talk about Digimon Adventure. 
the the last episode of uh, of the the night. We're watching Digimon episode four. Biomon gets firepower, uh, which is a little a little a little bit of a misnomer. Yeah, I mean, it kind of has two meanings. Like, there's literal fire involved. It's true. Uh, I think they they are trying to reference the sort of flamey theme of of Miss Bergerman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so the summary here. Uh, the yeah, kids... give it a give it a whirl. Oh, whirl! The kids come to a Yokomon village to rest for the evening. A Meramon attacks the village, and Biomon digivolves to Birdramon to defeat him, causing a black gear to be expelled from his body. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, in yeah, terms the of first reference to the ongoing story, right? Yeah. And and as a first reference to an ongoing story, it's uh, it's particularly obtuse and tells me nothing. Yep. Yeah. Also, a uh, flying black gear. My biggest beef with this episode right off the bat was how all of the Yokomons broke up the Beatles just in the first, like, <laughs> few minutes they were on screen. They were just like, none of this is going to work. And that was very upsetting. That's a little oh, joke. That's a little joke I do. That's a little joke I do. <laughs> um, but no, it actually does start when they're walking and we get more of those street signs Mm-hmm. And the power cables, and uh, I mean, they're really actually calling attention to it now, which means yeah, remnants of a, of a world of a far gone world, something like that. Where yeah, they they're gonna have to address it at some point, but they are definitely like more directly paying attention to what was just sort of background subtext yeah. before. Um, so a few times in this episode, uh, the the aforementioned big old black gear. And by gear, I do mean, like, just, like, a weird gear. Uh, flying spaceship gear. Yeah. Uh, it, it like, flies by, and they're like, whoa, what was that? Oh, it hit that hill. Okay, let's move on. And then, like, we see another shot of it later in the episode, and it, like, hits this mountain, and we see this big fiery Digimon look up. And then later you get another shot, and it's like it flies down and buries itself in this fiery Digimon's chest. But it, it's it's all very, like unrelated to the action that's at hand with the friends and the Digimon. So it, it feels like really like uh, jarring every time we're, we're, oh, oh, we're going to do another shot about the black gear. Like it almost feels shoehorned in, but uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, and, I, and, and to, in a sort of literal sense, it is shoehorned in. Well, I guess in two ways, one, because it is sort of a shoehorn plot device to give mm-hmm. them an enemy to fight. Yep. Um, but also I think they were maybe, feeling the the pressure to actually start the story at some point yeah thank god <laughs> fuck because four is a little late for a, it is for a little a, late for a story so you know yeah in a big we way have a lot of, we had a lot of fluff to, to come through yeah, yeah and i guess they're still on an island i don't yeah. know but it they're also has a, a large desert in the middle yeah, I mean, it is it is a little confusing because one or two episodes ago, they they were like, oh, well, we already explored the whole island. And I think that was patently false. Yeah, it feels like we missed an episode where they went somewhere else. Yeah. Now, this is just a thought I'm having now, like especially looking at these these this is like sort of derelict um, uh, street signs and, and power cables and whatnot. And the fact that it's an island. Do you think there's any sort of like post-war Japan Thing that they're trying to that they're trying to pull from for this maybe i don't know that's a interesting question i'm not sure 
I don't yeah, really. Yeah, it's hard I, to say. I, they're certainly not acting. You know, it's not in tone with those kinds of um, materials that came right. that came out I mean, of World War Two. But it's no, but it uh, it's no paranoia like agent. To borrow that trope of a sort mm-hmm. of you know post blast Japan. It's an island with just scattered pits of bits of human history on it. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't rule it out. No, I mean, I'm. I'm also like admittedly bad at recognizing exactly when they're doing that in certain Japanese media because, uh, because I don't really. So I don't really. That it's it's yeah. ingrained, and I didn't grow up in that context, right? So, like, yeah. if if someone is like telling me, yes, paranoia agent is entirely about post nuclear, uh, etc., like, and like being a commentary and I'm like, yeah, okay. I totally get that in retrospect now and everything makes more sense. But like, I, I didn't, I wouldn't necessarily immediately like full on connect everything. Um, sure. so it's, it's very, it's very possible, but it is, you know, it is a kid's show. So if they're doing it, it's probably like super, uh, well, yeah, it's not it has that subliminally. It's like, it's just of kind of referenced at the, um, at the first episode too, where, mm-hmm. where the, the, the real world is in some kind of, um, mythical Disarray. or, yeah, disarray that is that is unspoken. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, that has a again. It's sort of yeah, some some tone, some tone to it that it, that airs towards world conflict. Or world, I would say, world I would say, if we were going to to really get like a, a good analysis out of it, I feel like we'd have to sort of consume all of Digimon and then kind of like step out, you know, back up a little bit. Probably. And, be able yeah. to sort of make more sense of all the pieces, but it's entirely possible they just kind of. Well, you know, I mean, if I if I were going to apply it to one piece of this episode, there is the first gear hits a flaming guy named a Maramon who just runs at them like a bomb the whole episode. Yeah, that's true. Um, but that one could be a reach because I don't know how the translation works. Right. Well, and I, uh, I uh, yeah, I did the look... plot really kicks into gear. Oh, shut up. Okay. <laughs> Oh my God! I've had it up to here with you, Austin. I already sent you off the plank. I've had it up second. to here with these gears. <laughs> <laughs> the gear wars wasn't even about the gears. Um, there's so, even a moment when they zoom out and there's the outline of a gear. Yeah, in the in the desert. Yeah, something's going on. So okay, so in terms of the actual plot of this episode, it's mostly just them wandering, right? So they're looking for where to yeah, go. Yeah, walk at first. Um, I think the plot, because again, you know, there's the there's the the plot of the series, which is still a little bit unknown. Yep. But I would say the plot of the of every episode would, is to focus on one character and and get some get some complexity there. So this is Sora's episode. Yeah. Her first episode. Barely. Yeah, it is. Uh, really... I think you're you're not wrong because it's not as it's not as easy to hang a hat on it, like you know, brotherly you know, brotherly love, like it's a little bit, it's a little bit, she's, we see some turmoil in her. She's questioning, mm-hmm. which I, I still I mean, feel like I've learned nothing about Sora though. I know, so, but I guess, I guess what I was gonna say was that like the, the sort of inner conflict is something new because we've only really seen her to actually know what the fuck is going on in a very mature way. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I, I think her, her inner monologue is more, ch- we see, we see the, that that is, that is, if it's, if it's a show she's putting on, then that teaches us something. And if she has yeah. to work hard at it, that teaches us something too. I agree with that. But this is this is probably a good time to point out something that I learned once again on the fan wiki uh, is that the the dub for this one uh, 
had a lot of rewrites. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think that's. I just I will um, without overpowering. I don't mean to overcut you. Just of the shows we've watched, which I suppose is only a few. Digimon's got a pretty comprehensive wiki that I was pretty surprised about. Yeah. Anybody it's watching true. with us might want to give it a check from time to time and see what's up. Yeah. Mm. Um, they definitely they definitely omitted, uh, to some degree, a subplot where Sora is actually kind of annoyed at Bioman, uh, at her sort uh. of like constantly following her around <laughs> and like is kind of kind of getting like cramped style and like oh. uh, why why is she always like you know whatever. And like, sort of has this realization throughout the episode that like, oh man, she's really just like trying to protect me because of how much she cares about me, and that sort See, of that thing. makes a lot more sense, yeah. right? And and it makes it more about Sora. But they sort of, I don't know, they kind of rewrote some lines. Uh, they once again ham fist uh, some weird stuff in for like poking fun at Mimi and making her more of a princess. Uh, like the the part where, which I actually thought was kind of funny in spite of it, uh, where Mimi thinks her compass is a watch, <laughs> um, and then they're like, you know, Izzy's like, oh, there must be some some metal down here in the ground that's making it go haywire, and she's like, yeah, well, I don't know, it's fine because I'm always late anyway. Like, yeah. I thought that was no, that was kind funny. of funny. Like, it's and, funny, but um, like that's not in the original script. She knows oh, it's see. a compass the whole time, so it's like they're going out of their way to make Mimi dumber, and they I sort of. That. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a little it's a little frustrating, uh, but it's certainly not out of character for this uh, era of anime dubs, especially ones that were aired on TV. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a little too bad. But I I do agree. At the end of the episode, I wished that we had gotten even a little bit more Sora in this Sora episode. Yeah, well, and yeah. you know what's funny too now, and I'm thinking about it, like from from a viewer's perspective. There, there's kind of two ways to have the info dump character, and one is is the sort of Izzy type who just already knows and tells you in a sort of yeah encyclopedic way what's going on. Mm-hmm. And actually, even though I, I think it might be detrimental to the character, especially when you took somebody and dumbed her down, um, the person who's kind of just smart enough to be figuring it out as we are is a more useful way to deliver information. As Mimi's like. Oh look, my watch doesn't work. We're getting. Right. Oh look, this you know this compass doesn't work. Yeah, that's eh, just a thought. No, I know what you mean. I'm not sure I fully agree in this in this case, but I, I know. In I mean, I know case, what you're, no. I know what you're saying. Yeah, and and I, I'm trying to recall if they if they kind of keep her keep her a little bit ditzy throughout the show, or if that if that veneer fades down as we get more of her episodes. I think we'll out of time. We'll have to tell on that one. Yeah. So, um, anyway. they get to a village. Yeah, it's a tiny village full of uh, all of the little tiny baby Digimon that uh, Bioman used to be, the Yokomon. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Which is is weird, and they all definitely have the same voice actress, uh, and yep. you can tell it just sounds like one person talking over themselves, uh, with no attempt to differentiate any of the Yokomon. Uh, yep. <laughs> but it, you know, it's it's funny. So they get there and they're they're like hungry and they're trying to feed them and and they're getting water and then everything just sort of feels like preamble to finding out that their water comes from this volcano, Q volcano yeah. erupting. Because right. yeah, I agree. There's a Mar- lot of buildup for this thing with just nothing happening. Yeah, and Maramon is over there having been full on chest blasted by a gear. 
and mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he's pissed. He's totally got this thorn in his paw scenario. Uh, and he's like running. He's running at the village because he's just mad now. And <laughs> oh god, I forgot. He starts running down this running down his mountain. Ow! He Ow. says coming towards them. Oh, it and so if he much. wasn't a big scary flame beast, <laughs> it would I don't even know they wouldn't be able to see him from far away, and there would be no yeah. clear intention that he's gone spooky, you know? Yeah. But no, he's just he's a dude entirely on fire. Yeah. That's his that's his whole Digimon. Also his mouth yeah. is like sewn shut. Yeah, he's got he's got some he's got a little bit of a Halloween vibe to him. Um but yeah, he runs down the mountain and he's saying, Ah, I'm burning too hot, burning, burning. But then he like alternates between lines like, Ah, I'm gonna I'm too hot for you, ha ha ha, I'm evil, and lines like, Why do I suffer so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And again, I, I want to hear about just Dub that it's it's more of a flame based complaint that they just poorly translated. The flame based some, some fire that didn't work. <laughs> I kind of I I one on one hand I did appreciate a little bit of variety in this episode where at least the the evil character the threat for the episode wasn't just. Uh, an unthinking feral monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got intelligence and he's got pain. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we at least had sort of an objective and some, some sort of interesting thing. Like, oh, what's going on with this guy? You know, clearly yeah. he's not and, acting out of his own accord. And I do like his character design. Like, he, yeah. he's kind of interesting looking. Um, yeah, so the rest of the the rest of the whole episode uh, is basically I could say identical to what I could say about the last two episodes, where they get in trouble. There's a big fight at the last moment. The chosen Digimon of the week digivolves. They save everybody, and we all are happy ever after. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the 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 one this time, Biomon turns into a big Moltres named Birdramon with scary teeth beak. Yeah. yeah. Her, the, her beak has teeth on the outside, uh, which is not the inside kind like you want. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's also, yeah. like, no visual continuity between... No. No, none at know, all. I get the Yokomon biomon connection, but then that third form is just, like, totally different. Yeah, we change color palettes. It's not even the same kind of bird, really, anymore. Like, no. But, you know, you get really big and badass. Uh, yeah. That yeah. works. And she's got a. I like her voice. It's a. It's like a deep. It's like a deep throaty woman. Uh, it seems like she's. <laughs> I, I want a deep weird, throaty like, woman. I like, I like yeah. the voice. The voice of Bergeron is a, is one that I like. It, I think. Yeah. It 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 was unexpected, yet I thought worked. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. That's my point is, I would have gone a very different way if I had made it, and then. Yeah, it was it was unexpected. Yet, yet I liked it. I think yeah. I'm kind of circling on Yeah. <laughs> I, I also liked uh, Sora and, and Biamon's relationship in this. You know, yeah. I mean, for what little bit we've got of them, we actually got some, for the first time, some actual development with with the Digimon, like some actual character yeah. traits. Yep. Unlike, I think the other two, we didn't really see that much. I think we with Biamon... We get a little bit of comedy out of Gabumon, but we don't learn yeah. much about it. No, and, but at least we learned that because, you know, they can't have backstories, really. The only thing yeah. they can have is just, like, 
hey, I really care about Sora, and yeah, I want to protect her. And there is no way to give them backstory. Well, actually, yeah. they do a little bit where we know that uh, Biomon used to live in this village. Yeah, apparently, as a as a Yokomon. Yeah. So, you know, at least Biomon is also like, ah, oh, I got to protect my my Yokomons of this village. So there's a little bit of stakes there, but it, you know it's hard. It's obviously hard. It's a challenge for the writers to kind of find anything because they're they're trying to make them characters. Mm-hmm. They gotta have some. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it seemed the the fact that the gear buried itself in this Maramon, the Maramon, am I? I'm, yeah, yes, Maramon. Maramon. Yeah. Maramon. The fact that the gear buried itself in Maramon. And then Maramon went nutso. It feels potentially less like it went berserk and more like it was being, uh, like, if not controlled, like guided somehow in an evil way. Yeah, there, there's, cer- there's certainly a, a, a sort of a dark hand that is at, at play with the Black Gears. Mm-hmm. And it's not mind control, but they do seem to get a little bit of the intention and not just like net mean they kind of understand whatever this person's plot is and right right kind of act accordingly and i think that might just might be a little bit more plotty i would say that the black gear just makes you go go kind of evil crazy but in a convenient way for the writers so one one or two things i wanted to to sort of highlight things that i i really enjoyed um there, there's a moment where they're in the the Yokomon village, and they're like, "Oh yeah, the Yokomon have offered to feed us. They've got all this food." And everyone's like, "Oh, thank God, I'm so hungry." And then Ty immediately is like, "I want to order a burger, a fries, and a shake." And, oh, fucking Ty! You know, what was that like that was Ty? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was Ty. It was like of the very few things the main character did in this episode. He he got on my nerves. <laughs> like, yeah. you just gonna you gonna order a burger and fries in a unknown world from a bunch of tiny balls, a bunch of uh, harmless turnips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like literally, like the turnips from Mario Two. Yeah, um, they have like flagellum on their bottom. So <laughs> I guess they can move around a little bit. They can ambulate a tiny bit, but don't expect yeah. they can cook. I don't no. know how they made their, like, 10 huts to house their, like, 20,000 people. Yeah, or how there's a well that somehow, like, pipes water down from this pool in the middle of a volcano. Like, yeah, they who couldn't put have this there? that, right? Some unless benevolent they person. Form, unless they form together as, like, a giant person Yoko shaped, Voltron? Yoko Voltron, where they can, like, actually get shit done. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I don't know. You never know. Uh, the the other thing that I really liked, I couldn't, I honestly couldn't tell if this was like a, a, a self aware dub moment, but Maramon's running at them. He's coming down the mountain and he's gotten to the bottom and they're like, oh my gosh, he's just coming out of the trees. He's he's gonna be here any any minute. And someone yells, freeze! Don't move a muscle. And they all stand there, not moving a muscle. I don't know <laughs> why that's I don't know why that's not why that's the idea, right? But like they're standing there, not moving. And then we cut back to them, we cut back to Maramon, we cut back to them, and then Ty goes, unfreeze and run. <laughs> and I don't know I don't know if that was the actual dialogue or if the, the dub was just commenting on the fact that no one was moving and they thought yeah, it would be funny. Air, yeah, like, it was probably air, a weird like, animation 
Yeah. They had to fill they probably had to fill the lip sync and that just seemed to work. Freeze, nobody move a muscle. But there's no like, extra explanation, like, oh, it senses movement. But like, no, that was like it's basically just don't run for a minute. Okay, now we can run. It was very odd. Uh, but I did like it. It made me laugh. Uh, if if not out of anything else but absurdity. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then they eat some shitty food at the end. Oh, yeah. They get like grains or something from the little Yokomon. <laughs> Here, have a, have a bowl of grains. <laughs> uh, yeah. And everybody chooses not to eat. Yeah, Joe, Joe says something like, I can't eat on an empty stomach. <laughs> and he's like, Which, yeah, I'm probably allergic to it anyway. <laughs> yeah, Joe's, Joe's had a real, like, uh, reprieve on being the worst boy. Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't had to say much lately. No. I'm Which, sure we'll get a Joe episode. Oh, man. Which one's his Digimon? It's the weird... Uh, who knows? Oh, I can't it's remember. The, like, it's the like furry walrus with a horn. Yeah, uh-huh. It's oh. the Bokomon or something that like gets in the water and yeah. Oh right. You know you mean. Yeah, the fish guy. Yep. Fishnet. <laughs> fishnet. Or fish boat. There it is. Oh fish, yeah. Fish boat. Um yeah. Uh what do we what do we think about this one? Is there anything? I don't know. We, we've done this one a couple times, but I feel like this might be a, a, a good opportunity to talk about like what we would have done differently with this episode if we'd had the opportunity. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, like, how would you make this one better? Like in, in light of the two of a, that were, came before it? Yeah, because uh, it was it was a little dull. I think it spent way too much time before they get to the village. I thought like we were just talking. Yeah. Um, of course, even when they were at the village, then we spent time waiting for Marimon to show up. There was just a, too much, there's just no action in it. Mm-hmm. And for a show with no action, I think what what the difference we're seeing, Andy, you were talking about how Sora had conflict with Bioman, because that's exactly what's missing from this episode, is any kind yeah. of conflict. Yeah. And yeah, that would have been really nice. We can have no plot action if Sora was constantly, you know, yeah, annoyed with Bioman and, and trying to figure out like what this what this is like for her like everybody else loves their digimon right away mm-hmm. so i mean that could have been a some pretty interesting conflict of like why why don't we have that relationship yeah yeah i think part of the wheel spinning we're getting is some kind of uh following some kind of like idea that they need to get in all 14 characters that they, that there needs to be interaction with everybody, and everybody needs to say a line. Yeah. They need to get uh, get all of that in, and so I will kind of say I do. I am a fan of the when you have an ensemble like this, of rather than kind of have the one main character get all the attention, sort of everybody gets an episode. But it's a little annoying when it's when it's so stilted. Um, take lost in a for row. Example. Lost it. Lost sort of. I think it, it kind of wanders a little bit. You don't have to go in in a sort of order that uh, that's like everybody gets one, and you're also not dealing with everybody's like digivolve on that episode. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of what makes it what kind of stilts it. Well, Lost didn't have that many digivolves too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they need to save them. They save them for the finales. Yeah, Five at best. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it, I think it's just hard. Like if it was interspersed among 
bigger story episodes. Like if we had a break, like I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. The next the next episode is called uh, Kabuterimon's Electro Shocker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know offhand. I mean, the the, the thumbnail of it is TK, right? Probably TK. No, it's uh, it's it's Izzy. Is it? Okay. Yeah, okay. His, his bug has like a has like a lightning theme to it. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like we're continuing to get these uh, these one-offs, and so I, I don't I don't know how long. For the first seven, we're doing everybody gets one, and we do their Digivolve. Yeah. After that, I'm pretty sure they still kind of get an episode, but I don't think it's a Digivolve every time. I think they kind of slow down on it. Right. Yeah. What well, I what I would like I feel yeah. like we're gonna we're gonna have to slow down a little bit because uh, you know we gotta we gotta stay at these sort of like first forms right like i imagine it's gonna get out of hand right like graymon is gonna turn into something else after graymon or whatever or we're gonna get different true. crap happen so like you know we gotta sit somewhere for a little bit before we're constantly just worried about what we're turning into next yeah yeah, yeah. what i would like to see from this episode is i want to see and and i guess from this sort of current arc the digivolve arc uh is just total laser focus on one character and their Digimon and just, Mm -hmm. or another character that they interact with, but just really make it almost entirely about their story. Um, Probably a little closer to the Matt, like the Matt episode. Well, yeah, because it kind of got some TK in it, right? Yeah. 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 But you, Mm -hmm. but just that, uh, because otherwise, if you're trying to get, all these other bits of all the other characters in you're just it's going to end up being bland you, you know like you lose the point of having a character-based episode yeah uh, if you're not really yeah. learning anything if you're kind of trying to have it all yeah you have such a huge ensemble it's it's a waste so of course I, you I think, are you are comparing it to matt <laughs> it's just it's just not fair well yeah but like sora sora is cool Jeez, and you'd cool. think and you also learn a lot about characters by how they solve problems. And mm-hmm. with these character based episodes, um, having the other characters, I mean, the other characters can't solve problems in these episodes because it's not about them. Mm-hmm. You know, you're well, not getting uh, a lot from them. You can't. They can't do anything. And the Ultimately. way they solve the problem is by having their Digimon Digivolve. Yeah, yeah, by just sort of, I guess, <laughs> caring enough or just getting in enough trouble or just whatever yeah. the clock strikes and the right time and they just change. Heavy pets. Enough mm-hmm. love, enough love given to your little your little Tamagotchi that it, it right peeps at you, smiles. Yeah. yeah. There's not even like some some arbitrary goal they have to reach that allows them to do it. Like, they can't even problem solve to be like, oh, how do we get him to enter the Digivolve state? It's just, <laughs> all right, trouble, and I guess at some point it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Boo, Ernst. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I I didn't, I didn't hate the episode. <laughs> I was saying boo, Ernst. I, I liked this episode. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was okay. I didn't hate it. Uh, but I, I, I just... I want to hold Digimon to a higher standard. <laughs> I, I mean, we knew. actually kind of got other characters in the form of all the Yokomons. Like they yeah, actually that was got actually to surprising. talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Other people. Dang. Of course, they were more of the same character we've already seen. But... <laughs> I mean, Maramon talked a little at the end. Like, oh, I don't know what happened. 
I just feel so embarrassed. <laughs> you guys. Yeah. All right. That was Digimon. Right. I think that's Digimon. Yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, come out and say uh, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I think Dinosaurs was my favorite episode today. I enjoyed uh, Dinosaurs quite a lot of these three. Yeah. Mm, I, <laughs> oh, Andrew, ah, oh, from the anti-Dino. I'm gonna form my own political party over here uh, of one anti-Dinos. No, I, I I did not not like the episode, but it was it was a slog for me. It might have just been this episode. It might have just rubbed me the wrong way. Um, I don't know. I think, actually, for whatever reason, I think if I had to give a winner for this week, it would be the Digimon episode. Uh, the Sonic episode was very disappointing. Uh, yeah. As much as I as much as I like Uncle Chuck, uh, the episode as a whole was completely it was, it was completely unremarkable. It made me very uh, frustrated. Yeah. Um, and Especially I, I, for a myth arc episode too. I know, I know. That ah, uh, it's it's just it's hurting me. It's hurting. I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like maybe we've talked about like we joked at the beginning of this series, like oh, we're gonna hurt each other's childhoods and judge the shows that we liked. But I feel like this is the first moment where where Sonic hasn't lived up to my memory of like. Mm, okay, you know, interesting. Like, I think we need to commemorate that a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first the first few episodes were they were what they were and they were fun in their own way. Like they had they had an element of of something I could grab onto and really enjoy. Uh and yet this one this one really it just let me down. Uh and every show's got yeah. one or two one or two of those episodes. Well they do, but uh, now so so Digimon I'm not going to put up here on this giant silver silver uh pedestal because cuz you know, this episode is an indicator that it, it can it can be pretty droll. But they do seem to have a stronger command of, like, how much... Because Ty has a very sonic feel to him. Mm-hmm. But they do not... He is not nearly as abused or abusive to me <laughs> as, as Sonic is. Do you feel abused as a viewer? I feel pretty <laughs> abused as a viewer when, when they just let Sonic talk for... <laughs> <laughs> When I have to listen to how he sounds, it's just. Yeah. <laughs> well, what did he say this episode? I wrote a couple things down. He said, at one point, he said, "Large move, shred that sucker." Yeah, he did. Uh, they're also he talking about the, the elevator shaft, and he's like, "Forget the shift. There's always the shaft." He calls <laughs> a swap. He calls a swap about leadhead. He calls another one electro breath. Says, mm. "Get ready for a laser lunch." Like he was, he was on form today in like we're, the worst way. We're on episode four, and he's already getting pretty low down that list. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, uh, that's think, episode four. We yeah. watched episode four of everything. It wasn't the it wasn't the most enjoyable of of or, ones. Or was a bit of a low point. Oh no, I still like dinosaurs. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know you did. I know yeah. your views on dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we got a we got a real juicy juicy d saucers. D sauce, D sauce, D sauce. Michael here. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's a little YouTube joke. Um, Great. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back for episode five next week. Yeah, we'll be back again with uh, a whole whole bumper crop of goofs (laughs) coming in, coming in strong. This this harvest, (laughs) this autumn harvest.
Come on, come on back. Oh, we're just not gonna, we're not gonna even feign bringing it back to the boats. <laughs> oh, shit. Let, I forgot we were on a boat. Let shit. that one drift off to sea. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna <laughs> sail onward. Sail over. Why don't you sail on over to iTunes and give us a five star rating? <laughs>